Hello fam, Jamiali, bonjour. This is Lady Ice, your host. I know it's been a while since I've last published an episode and I've missed you guys, but I'm back with a new episode on entrepreneurship. In this episode, I have the pleasure to talk to three brilliant individuals who have been brave enough to start their own businesses and be their own boss. They gave us insight on their journey and share their wisdom with us. And I really hope this episode will inspire anyone who's also trying to become an entrepreneur. Happy listening, fam. To start, can you guys just tell us your origins and where you currently live? So I'm from Mauritania. Mm-hmm. I was uh, born and raised in Senegal. Yeah. And I currently live in Ottawa, Canada. Um, I'm originally, my background is Eritrean. Okay. But I was born and raised in Ethiopia. Okay. So I'm originally from Mali. Uh, my mom is from uh, Kati, which is, uh, uh, well, a small town one hour away from Bamako. My father is from Bamako, uh, Bagadaji, and um, was, was born in France. Currently, um, I live in Accra, Ghana. Can you tell us what career or job did you want to pursue when you were younger? And did you follow that career path or not? It, 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 it varied. Um, <laughs> and why well, I guess it also depends on when you stop the childhood. If you, if you extend it till 18, then uh-huh. yes, I'm, I'm, I'm closer to that path. But uh, my real dream was to be um, um, in electromechanician engineering. I don't know okay. how you... Uh, say that I wanted to invent. I, I was uh, uh, mm-hmm. one of my heroes was Einstein. I wanted to create, mm-hmm. and um, I loved everything that was electronics. Um, okay. And so, uh, because of that, my father was uh, offering us like some small uh, construction games where you create alarms, and um, you know. Um, and so, I started doing that before they introduced physics. In, okay. in class, so I, 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 I wasn't a great student like my senior sister, but there is one class that I was always number one or number two at least until, <laughs> until um, 10th grade was physics. Um, okay. And then, uh, but then with, with time, I, I, I built an interest for trading. So okay. um, at, at one point, uh, we're living in uh, and New York and um, my um, I, every time I went back uh, to to Bamako on holidays, I was buying basically clothes. You know, every everybody wanted baggy jeans, Wu Tang clothes. Right. Uh, yeah. That night, so <laughs> you know, I, I I went to the place that they were doing them very cheap, and then we'll mm-hmm. resell them in in Mali. It was before the internet days, so I was right. buying music and selling them to the nightclubs around fourteen and. And uh-huh. I will do the same thing for, for books. And so it's just it build an uh, interest for trading. Um, right. And then um, um, I did not, I did uh, economic uh, baccalaureate. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I went to uh, McGill in Canada, uh, I ended up staying, uh, studying uh, business. And so, so not, not science. So I ended up studying business and that. So I did follow that path, but it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily... Um, what I'm doing now. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. We'll get into yeah. that later, what you're Definitely. doing now. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to be a doctor. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think, yeah. And uh, the only reason I wanted to be a doctor when I think about it now is because I had the grades and everybody talked about uh-huh. in my class about how great it was to be a doctor and how that was the best profession you could get into Okay. with a scientific background. 
Okay. Uh, my 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 dad persuaded me not to pursue that career. Really? I was parents just, usually want children to be <laughs> doctors or lawyers or you know <laughs> yeah. those are the typical careers. <laughs> oh, so he, this is what this is what he told me. He told me if you're a doctor, you will not have a family life. That's true. Because <laughs> you're on call all the time. Right. Yeah, right. Okay. So I, I ended up I ended up being an engineer. Okay. All right, but it's just as busy being an engineer, isn't it? It is. You do have more flexibility than in the medical field. Okay. In the yeah. sense that working hours are traditional hours, except right. if you put in some overtime, but that's right. not that's that's not a daily thing. Yeah, right. That's something you can control. Okay. Yeah. Great. What about you, Suit? This is this is sort of interesting because I also wanted to be a doctor. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Two doctor wannabes in the house. <laughs> exactly. Um, mine was, I guess, I wanted to uh, pursue the medical field, but um, my dad was also a doctor for me. Okay. Okay. So my dad was um, those days. Um, I almost made it um, in the sense mm -hmm. that um, all I knew was, mind you, I, I grew up with doctors and nurses all my life, so that's all I knew anyway. Right. Um, but the war sort of broke up between, you know, Eritrea and Ethiopia and, and all of that. And we had to migrate and, you know, there was money lost and all of that sort of shebang. So yeah. um, I ended up starting my um, career as a, as a nurse. Okay. But my, my plan was always, okay, let me start off with nursing and then I'll go into medicine after that. Right. Okay. So I did that I did my bachelor's of nursing and then I went to do uh, my entrance exam to do medicine right. did that passed it but then because again because of migration um, I could not pursue my medical um, degree they okay. were you know they were telling me to pay international student fees and and all of that and it was the fees were beyond a joke it would have been easier to buy about 10 properties wow so and where was um, this this is all in, in Australia. In Australia. Um, okay. I, I literally came out and I thought, all right, let me start off with my nursing because, you know, mom right. said to me, like, I, can, I can afford to pay for your bachelor's in nursing, but I don't think I can do medicine right now. Okay. And I said, you know, fair enough. So we did that, finished my nursing. But at the same time, when I finished my um, nursing, I was also um, transitioning between going from international student to becoming a resident. Like my application was in the process. Right. Um, so all of that sort of came in and blocked me from entering um, the School of Medicine. I, I got accepted. Right. But then they told me, hey, you've applied as an international student. Now you're telling us you're about to become a, an Australian resident. Mm -hmm. um, if you're going to continue with medicine, you're holding up the you know, international student space. Therefore, you're going to have to continue paying international students fees. Right. So I wow. had to back out from that. Yeah. And the fees are so expensive as international students. It's ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sydney, Sydney uh, in, in, forget international students. Anything right. you do, you pick up a pencil, it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Then I also went out to do my um, master's in public health. Okay. Um, nice. Wonderful. So, yeah, basically, yeah. I'm still in health, I guess, and right. I still work with doctors. <laughs> yeah. So there were no other odd careers you wanted to do when you were younger? Like, I don't know. Most of us, I don't know. But I speak from my experience. I know I had multiple different careers I wanted to pursue. Like, at some point, I wanted to be a pilot. 
you know i thought that was so cool i thought planes were so cool so i was really into that so now that you mentioned being a pilot i remember i wanted to be a pilot until <laughs> i was about 12 years 12 years old really <laughs> and, and this time yeah. my mother dissuaded me ah yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> because now because my eyesight wasn't good so she said hey ah, yeah you can't do anything if you don't have good eyesight yeah that would be a big liability eh? <laughs> yeah. but it's okay. an interesting question actually as to because i i wonder I, I mean, I look around and I think I have children, as you know, right. who are in the high school and university age. Yeah. Um, I never ask my question. I never ask my children, what do you want to do when you grow up? Mm -hmm. I've okay. never had in mind growing mm -hmm. up, I remember, right. you know, a career objective. It okay. was more, let me go to school and I'll figure this out. You know, later on things, in life. I, yeah, later on as things, as things happen. So can you guys tell us what you actually do now and what um, do you love most about it? Okay, well, um, I recently launched a, a sustainable luxury brand where we're trying to promote Made in Africa, um, uh, textile Made in Africa fashion. Um, so based in, in Mauritius. And so I started that job full time last year um so mm -hmm. um we opened the company out of uh, mauritius where uh we basically partnered with three factories some works with uh money over with calvin klein so segbi bogolon is the name of that company um uh, the company is registered in mauritius as segbi uh s-e-k-b-i and mm -hmm. so we're promoting um e-commerce platform but we're also into retail in ghana and nigeria um trying mm -hmm. to get into europe european and uh, u.s retail um mm -hmm. and um in the meantime uh, we were also approached by a couple of companies to do private label uniforms. So we started doing, um, you know, um, how we'll say a little bit high-hand uniforms. So working okay. with the Marriott, uh, working on the new motel opening in uh, in Ivory Coast. And uh, okay. um, yeah, so so we, we're also into that. But um, And I was saying that before starting that entrepreneurial journey, Mm -hmm. I, I was the the uh, CEO for West Africa, English speaking West Africa for L'Oréal, the cosmetic firm, um, and mm -hmm. where I was for 16 years um, wow. of my career. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's to, yeah. I just wanted to interject. You you brought a geni genius on the platform here. I know. <laughs> you guys are all geniuses. Actually, well, you, guys, you guys, you guys are all you. Know, you guys are all, all genius. You. I don't know. Yeah. Please, you know, it's a it's a it's a long term game. So don't 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 wing <laughs> it for me. I wish. I, I, I want to be here in 10 years and talk about, you know, how successful that journey was. So right. it's a long, long, long journey. So Exactly. It's a long journey, yeah. but you're all like, you know, heroes and you're all geniuses because you guys had the courage to make a big change and to go into something completely different or new and start from scratch, really. So kudos to all of you, really. Well, I, I followed my passion. Um, time will tell if it's good or bad, but um, from a lot of people that I follow and I admire, um, they, they always say that it's a lot easier when you follow your passion because it's not easier yeah. every day. Um, and so you can stand up when other people might quit. And so, so far, uh, um, it's a journey that I've been dreaming about for, for many years. When I was at McGill, I did a research on how, um, you know, we can promote uh, textile brands made in Africa uh, outside of the continent. 
um, I did a thesis on the how to uh, develop the textile industry uh, uh, while I was doing my master's at ESCP. And my mm-hmm. father himself is a textile engineer. So when we're small in money, you know, we were we were close to the factory. So it's it's not right. something that um, that I just decided to to, right. to start. And um, it's something that I decided to 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 pursue a long time ago. It's even one of the reasons why I stayed so long at L'Oréal because L'Oréal mm-hmm. was close to my field of passion. And right. so, um, so yeah, so I guess the excitement is that I'm following the passion. Uh, um, the, 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 the entrepreneurial journey has, of course, its challenges and um, it, its benefit. The benefit is that when, when you think or when you feel like you have, you're driven every day toward a purpose, well, you have more control to decide what you want to do. Uh, you mm-hmm. control a little more of your destiny. There is a, an environment, of course, that is unpredictable, but but you have a little bit more control. Um, um, and you can actually have the pleasure to feel like you, you, you're you going to execute your vision. Um, right. And so, so that, I guess, is what, what I like, what I love the most. And of, of course, it's, it's, it's uh, seeing that dream come true, uh, uh, partnering with uh, people that believe in that dream. And then, mm-hmm. and yeah, so, so that's, that's, that's what I like the most. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, what about you, Suet? Um, well, I guess I'm in a situation where I am um, trans- at, at the moment transitioning from my um, health background to um, um, my, um, my business. And my business is basically I've got a digital marketing um, uh, company. And um, I branch out and work with a, with a Japanese company to basically do all their uh, mentoring, their coaching and um, marketing side of things for them. So I've been doing it for um, the last year or so, going into my second year. So I'm very much new to um, starting, I guess, I'm, I'm calling it building my empire because that's mm-hmm. what I'm planning on doing. Yeah. <laughs> so More um, power to you, yes. <laughs> so, um, and um, yeah, so within the, the last, you know, year and year and a bit, um, it's definitely been uh, challenging to some extent because, you know, COVID hit and, and all of that. But yeah. um, I guess my advantage um, has been the fact that everything I do is online. Um, right. I don't do anything. Uh, I don't have hold meetings or if I hold meetings, it's Zoom, it's Skype, it's every technology under the sun that we use. Mm-hmm. So um, that's what we're transitioning into. We're getting big. Um, and I guess what I like about it is the fact that um, I've met so many like-minded people, you know, who want to do the mm-hmm. same thing, um, who want to um, build their own dreams and be their own boss. Right. Um, and it's it's been amazing. A bit, uh, look, I don't know about your industries and, and us engineers and, and all of that, but health can be absolutely toxic mm-hmm. um, in, in the sense that, you know, we are, we're in a profession for you to um, retire comfortably. You have to work till you're like 70, 75. Wow. Yeah. Um, do you know what I mean? If mm-hmm. even that, um, it's like you're going to be, you're probably going to be eating, I don't know, noodles and all of that to survive that retirement age because mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard and inexpensive. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
one that was one of you know my reasons for doing what I'm doing the fact that um I want to retire comfortably I want to be my boss Mm -hmm. but the second the second thing was that I've got young kids um I've got a a a 12 year old and a a seven year old you know my family needs me right you know I had a a profession and I mean it's getting better now that I've started this business but um my life before was working 16 hours a day you know you start at six in the morning and you continue um you know working till 10 11 o'clock at night Mm-hmm. so I did not want that you know but the kids mm-hmm. didn't ask to be born I was the one who decided to have them you know mm-hmm. so right. I want to be around you want to make time for them, yeah. them and enjoy them <laughs> right so that was why the flexibility and and all of that that's what um you know that's what I wanted to do and the other thing is I'm, I'm saying to you guys you know my background is nursing but mm-hmm. uh, I'm also on the management side of things mm-hmm. so I basically run hospitals um so you know in crisis like we are today you know if there's some sort of breakout you're told you know you're staying at work you're not going anywhere because we're going to be rolling out a hundred million things within the next six hours Mm -hmm. so it was getting a mission impossible there was no work-life balance you know Mm -hmm. the kids who are getting to the point where they were going to after school care and being looked after by babysitters and all sorts of stuff Right. So that's my motivation and my reason to why I'm doing what I'm doing. Any regrets? Right. Absolutely not. Let me see. What am I doing now? I'm an entrepreneur since mm-hmm. 2014, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. And I work in the construction field. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I work as a, as a project manager. Yeah. And okay. uh, yeah, that, that's, that's basically it. So, what do you enjoy the most about it? What do I enjoy the most about it? I, so we're, like I said, we're entrepreneurs, and so I have partners that I work with, one of them being my brother, and then mm-hmm. another gentleman who's uh, someone who we grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of us are educated in the U.S., okay. and we did all our high school in Senegal. Right. And uh, all three of us have professional experience in the U.S. Okay. I think the most exciting, what we like the most about our job is that we, we all, all our staff is African. Mm-hmm. And we were able to work on projects where we were able to develop a capability for all of our staff to do things right. that, tra- that, are, that are traditionally done by foreign companies in the markets in which we operate. Yeah, that's commendable. That's great. Okay, so my my entry level job was as a reliability engineer. So I'm an industrial engineer. Okay. And the branch of industrial engineering called reliability, which has to do with essentially analyzing data Uh on devices before they get put on the market. So I worked for Hewlett Packard, HP. Ah, okay. In the division that uh, that uh, developed in R and D, that developed laser jet printers in the U.S. Okay, yeah. That was my, that was my entry-level job, yes. <laughs> so you guys are all geniuses, yeah. Okay, you guys are and, really... And, and, and just to tell you, I said that... Yeah. Um, uh, Steve Wozniak was uh, working for HBP before he created Apple with Steve Jobs, ah, so see? I don't know what Mokhtar okay. is going to be creating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the interesting thing about HP is uh, they have a culture where when it's your entry-level job, 
-hmm. they just throw you in the job mm -hmm. and you get no directives at all okay I tell you you figure it out right if you're educated if you're hired you is because you're capable so you basically swim or sink you gotta make right. it on your own and, yeah well yeah. most people swim but okay. it's a message that we'll let you figure it out so i'm not yeah. surprised that steve right. jobs would have worked at hp and then branched out and become an entrepreneur yeah because, yeah yeah that's the yeah. environment that they put you in already so they right. kind of push you to become entrepreneurial even right yeah. like where you have to figure things out on your own and get the answers and solutions Absolutely. on your own so that's and good. I, I will just specify that Uh, both Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak was working. Steve Wozniak was the genius, actually, behind Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was more of a commercial director. And it's Steve Wozniak who uh -huh. was working at HP. And he was the genius between behind all the technology at Apple. Uh, Steve uh -huh. Jobs was working for Atari at that time. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they had proposed the Apple technology to HP uh, mm -hmm. at, at a point. But uh, mm -hmm. since they weren't able to source finance, they decided to branch out. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, but it's, it's uh, you know, so the company has been an amazing company for decades. And mm -hmm. it's, it, it's with a very, very strong culture. Um, mm -hmm. So, so and it's funny when you talk about sink or swim, because that, that used to be for many years also the L'Oreal culture, where okay. um, they, they really wanted to, uh, to see, um, almost as in the movie 300, who was mm -hmm. going to survive and how right. people were going to react at the beginning. Um, and so, so it's, 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 you know, you have the pros and cons of these mm -hmm. cultures. But but when you come out of it, you, you tend to come out as a stronger entrepreneur, even if and you can be entrepreneur within a within a com company. Huh? You don't have to be uh, working on, on your own, but it definitely I feel like tend to make you stronger. Right. No, for sure. It's uh, it, it's really important. I think that's a good training basis, right, to to branch off and do your own thing. So when you work for companies that really value hard work and you know, innovative solutions and whatnot, it, it really gives you all the tools you need to later on branch out and do your own thing. So that's, that's great. What was the process um, to make the transition going from being an employee to becoming an employer? Uh, did you have to go back to school for some of you or, you know, undertake special exams or, you know, what was the process like? Was it easy, hard? <laughs> Ladies first. Yeah. <laughs> like, like anything, um, I had to um, train myself up with um, the new, you know, new skills, basically, because I was going from from giving needles to um, marketing right. and um, and coaching. I mean, coaching and training, the, you know, the teaching side of things was not hard, but marketing side of things, I wouldn't have the clue. I'm, I was not even tech savvy, to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. um, so I had to train myself up. For that side of things um luckily the company that um, we deal with you know does have all of that training and things like that so it wasn't a matter of jumping in and uh, you know earning money straight away mm -hmm. um you have to bite the bullet learn new things you know make sure that you're not freaking out at the same time because at the back of your head you got to you have to wonder i guess you know whether it's the right decision you've taken or you know have you invested money in things like uh, what you should be investing in so that sort of things you know freaks you out to some extent yeah but um you know i've always had the attitude of you know failing is not exactly the end of the world 
um, you know, if you do fail, it means you um, you learn from your mistakes and then you pick yourself up again and run with it. Yeah. So that's what I did. I wanted change. I needed change. Mm-hmm. My family needed change. So mm-hmm. um, um, that's basically how I sort of um, treated the whole situation. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you. So, um, we, like I mentioned, I have two other partners, my brother being one of them. And then the childhood friend who we, we both have the same background. Yeah. We, we all, all three of us, we were educated in the U.S. We have advanced degrees and we have professional experience in the U.S. Okay. So we got into the construction entrepreneurship in Africa. Mm-hmm. I would say that our biggest challenge was to train our employees mm-hmm. to have the same high level of standards in their execution mm-hmm. as you would find in Western developed countries right okay. uh, that was our biggest challenge and mm-hmm. it was we had to be in the field to make that happen mm-hmm. okay. we, we, we are the owners we are the ones running the company right but we literally participate on our construction sites that was the only way we could make it happen yeah we did not have to go back to school okay but you already I had can the tell you, yeah we we had to go through documentation uh-huh. day and night to make this happen because right. people are not used to it mm-hmm. and the different employees that are on our payroll even mm-hmm. although they have experience in other african companies right uh, the level the level of uh, rigor and uh, quality work that is required that was required from our clients was not something they were accustomed to okay yeah um for me transitioning was uh um a long process because uh, financially we had to be ready for it. And uh, we, you know, I, I wanted to launch this dream many years ago, but uh, uh, after my master's and, um, but I realized it will be good if I had some experience in the field. So when we're in Paris, L'Oréal gave me that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I felt like um, uh, it will be important to raise money and, um, and the U S market was important. So, I tried to get myself transferred from Paris to uh, New York and was able to do that after a few years. When I arrived in New York, my friends in finance told me that I needed to be head of marketing to be able to raise money. I became head of marketing. When I became head of marketing, they told me that it would be easier if I became general manager. So okay. it became my goal to become <laughs> general manager. Yeah. And then, um, still there, I found that... Um, and capital will still be an issue. And, you know, I, I, I married um, uh, along the way, had kids along the way. So, yeah. um, you know, had to focus on, you know, securing a certain situation. So mm-hmm. um, and so we, we we I ended up deciding to um, cover some of the, the, the important needs of the family while I was working at L'Oréal, but still, you know, having that dream in the back of, um, of our head. Mm-hmm. And so it's only until... You know, we got to a point where um, we we felt like um, we uh, we were financially secured enough mm-hmm. uh, that um, that we 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 felt like we could jump in. But uh, for us to do that, we had already opened the legal entity. Well, the legal entity in 2018. We have okay. registered the company name, the design in 2015. So okay. we really launched ourselves in 2020. So it was it was a long term process. And every okay. vacation while I was working at L'Oréal was leveraged because during the during the regular 
days. I, I did not have the time. Laurel so so demanding. I did not have the time to to uh, to really uh, focus uh, on Segby beyond the weekends. But every vacation, we'll use it to go to visit factories in South Africa, Mauritius, etc. Until okay. we found the right partners. Um, so it it was a long term process. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It didn't happen overnight. It really took a few years to to Definitely. get ready and prepare. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's that's very good. I mean, yeah, you can't just overnight just switch from one thing to the next, right? It takes really a lot of research and a lot of preparation. And also, like you said, it's important to be financially secure because, um, yeah. you know, it's kind of risky also. You don't know how things are going to go in the beginning. So you need to have that leverage. Um, so that's important. Well, right. there, there are there are so many different school of thoughts. At least yeah. that's the process that I've pursued. That some people, yeah. yeah, some. Well, you know, time will tell. You know, right. because like I said, it's a long term game. I, 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 I wish you know, um, I will be able to sit down and say, is this is what worked for me? But mm-hmm. you, you have so many different models. Some people that's feel true. like you, your, your, your back needs to be against the wall. Sometimes you should right. just jump. And so, and so, and some people are quite successful doing it. That's so, true. That's yeah. true. So, yeah. A lot of people, like you're right, take the risk mm-hmm. and make that leap of faith and just, mm-hmm. you know, go into it and, um, and it works out for them. So each person has right. their own, you know, look. Their so, own process. Yeah, that's exactly. True. That's true. Exactly. Okay. Good point. Um, so you know what I will, I will probably add, the fact mm-hmm. that my biggest challenge to tell you the truth was yeah. I have a skeptical husband. Okay. Right? So I gave, <laughs> I remember when I decided to launch this business, I gave him this grand plan of, you know, business plan of what I was planning on doing, how much money I was putting in and, you know, and all of that <laughs> stuff. Right. And boy, oh boy, the challenges I had there trying to convince <laughs> him. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. That was the hardest transition. <laughs> That took at least six months on its own. Wow, yeah. (laughs) Going from being an employee to becoming an employer and having that safety net where you get a a monthly salary, a fixed salary every month, and then going into the uncertainty of getting paid or, you you know, your your pay is variable. How does that feel or how does, you know, how do you deal with that? I'll go first. Look, I guess for me, because I'm sort of doing both, it wasn't mm-hmm. an issue per se. Um, okay. And part of the reason why I was trying to sort of hang on to my um, stressful full-time, you know, job mm-hmm. um, was, I guess, for, you know, the financial side of things. You don't exactly want to be jobless and moneyless when you have right. young kids. Mm-hmm. So um, it, I had to factor it in. And for me, I guess my goal is because now I'm in a comfortable place, I have, um, you know, possibly another 12 months to go before I completely leave the nursing industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, yeah, I'll focus, you know, basically on what I'm doing 200%. Right. Okay. But it's not, I mean, it's, some, it's something that you do have to factor in and it's something that you have to play safe, I guess, when you are dealing with a with a family from my end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's something that you definitely have to consider, right? Yeah. Absolutely. For me, it was. Yeah, because yeah, bills continue, you know. I mean, you have to provide for the family and things like that. So, yeah, it's it's very crucial. Mm. Okay. Mokhtar? On my side. Um... Yeah. I mean, we had an extreme, um, interesting experience when we switched entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not enough time in this podcast to go through it. You probably need a podcast of its own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
you, you have to brace yourself. Mm-hmm. But uh, to transition kind of in the, from the previous question, my take on it is um, we, we, we believed in what we were doing. Mm-hmm. And we believed that we were capable and there was no reason, mm-hmm. given our educational background, yeah. And operating in Africa in our countries, there were no reason. There was no reason why we should not be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, Sekou talked about his 16 years at L'Oréal. Mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why Sekou's enterprise should not be successful. Ten years yeah. from now, five years from now, all the yeah. way through. Yeah. Um, By God's grace. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes, absolutely. And well, the and and the idea is, hey, we're smart enough to do it. Right. And we, if you have enough will to do it as well. Yeah. You may go through some difficult financial situations, mm-hmm. but good work is something that everybody recognizes. Yeah. Excellent work is something that everybody cherishes. And just as it is difficult, just as employers, you know, cherish good employees. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we tend to think that we're so much in need of a job. I like to tell people, hey, as companies are as much or more in need of capable people than you are in need of a job. So don't yeah. worry, you will find a job. So yeah. when you're in entrepreneurship, clients are as much in need of a capable uh, service provider, product yeah. provider, mm-hmm. than you are in need of them. Mm-hmm. So if I your like ideas that, Mokhtar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we've lived through this. I mean, this is something we've experienced. So we've gone through the side where we didn't have a penny in the bank and couldn't mm-hmm. find the Seku probably is familiar with the fact that African banks do not provide any support to entrepreneurs. Yeah, <laughs> no, not, nothing. You can bring the nicest contract on earth, and you can show that you're progressing a contract. They will still not loan you money. So we had to operate with our own funds, and you can be sure we've been in many situations in the early years yeah. where we would run out of funds and mm-hmm. we'd be looking for money to be able to continue work. Uh, also, to add to what you said, when you have faith and you believe in what you're doing, and you know that you're putting your whole uh, body and soul into it. There should be no reason like for it not to work. Um, yeah. So you know what? It's not just believing in what you're doing, but it's also believing in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Definitely. If you believe yeah. in yourself, then anything you can is make possible. anything happen. Yeah. You Absolutely. can make anything happen. Yeah. Well, I I echo uh, what has been said uh, by Mokhtar and Sewit. And uh, um, I will say that, you know, we're at the early stage, although we registered a company in 2018. This is the mm-hmm. year where we started selling. This is mm-hmm. month of uh, January yeah. uh, before we were structuring the company. And so, yeah, definitely found out that, you know, I, I was all in, put all uh, capital in and uh, mm-hmm. you know it's encouraging to see that uh, we're, we're, we're seeing some uh, upside in terms of uh, the business opportunities and some of the contracts that we're signing on private label mm-hmm. the first result on the sales but but to be honest it's uh, the beginning of a long journey because mm-hmm. we did have a certain lifestyle when I was uh, a CEO of West Africa and so mm-hmm. I am the type that really wants to uh, never go back and only go forward. So that means that the pressure that we have to generate funds to be able to continue to move forward mm-hmm. is, 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 is high. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, um, it's, it's a process that is definitely more pressuring when you're an entrepreneur versus when you're in a corporate because yeah. uh, all corporate people think that they understand the process. You know, as CEO, L'Oreal, you have the same pressure for 
for turnover, you have to manage your employees, you have to manage the ecosystem, etc. Yeah. Uh, but 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 it's drastically different when you're in control of your own cash flow. As a CEO, you can monitor cash flow, but there is going to be a bank, maybe a headquarter or some some structure that can come at your your course. If if mm-hmm. for example you miss a mall for two, it's it's about the target. When you're an entrepreneur, there is nobody else than you. So. Yeah. Um, you need, it's not even, uh, oh, I missed my target. It's no, there is no uh, missing the target. And so yeah. that level of pressure is just, is just more intense. So I feel like it's an amazing growth opportunity from a learning standpoint, because no matter, uh, you know, no matter, no matter the industry from uh, to Mokhtar, they can actually advise uh, many business CEOs because they'll manage the P&L very quickly. They'll manage recruitment and HR very quickly, cash flow very quickly, you know, because it's their own. And so that, that, that definitely is a difference versus corporate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, to echo what uh, Mokhtar had said, you know, I have, uh, you know, to uh, advise myself, I've read a couple of books uh, from from companies that are now billion dollar company, but they started with the cash flow struggles. Right. You know, even Real, you know, when you look at one of the biggest CEO, uh, um, when he actually says that he was, you know, owing the bank and he was going, trying to pay for rent, etc. You couldn't imagine that when you see how big L'Oreal is right now. Right. Um, every entrepreneur has gone through that and that's also um, reassuring. And yeah. to further echo what Mukta um, mentioned about the banks in Africa, yeah. um, it's, 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 you understand when you jump to entrepreneurship why the private sector is not uh, booming as fast as it should because it's the banks are not structured to really help the ecosystem the interest rate level are so high um mm-hmm. really giving the, the chance to smes etc i was blessed that i had been able to put a lot of funds but they as of right now it's very hard for you to have mark zuckerberg steve jump steve Wozniak in africa due to the fact that the the, the financial ecosystem is not really geared towards this company it lends to it, it really lends to established firm most of the time versus mm-hmm. the environment does help you with tickets when you start but because we're registered in africa we don't benefit from that ecosystem so uh-huh. which i think is an opportunity for the continent mm-hmm. okay yeah that's really interesting um all your answers were really interesting and uh so i just want to know if you have if you guys have any advice to any people who also want to launch themselves into entrepreneurial um work and what advice would you give them what would you recommend the only thing I can tell you is if anyone is after a salary, just remember that a salary is just a bribe. It's a bribe um, so that you don't forget <laughs> you forget about all your dreams. That's yeah. all it is. It doesn't matter whether you're sitting in a general manager position, a CEO position. That's what they're making you do. Yeah. Not have a life <laughs> to basically forget your dreams. But mm-hmm. other than that, um, even if you have, if you are working full time, always, always have something small that you know, like a side hustle or whatever it is that's yeah. your own, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, learn from your mistakes. Just because something didn't work out the first time, right? It doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It just means mm-hmm. there's improvements that need to, and, mm-hmm. and you will see results. So, yeah. if you ha- if you have that gut feeling that something is not right and something needs change then chances are Mm -hmm. it's true you do need that change Mm 
Right. So Go yeah, you can't keep business. you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect a, a different result. At, I think at the end, right? Like you have to try to make some improvements or Absolutely. you know alter- alterations here and there, you know, to try to have a different result. So absolutely and there's also that you know job satisfaction you know life is short life is really really short exactly so why Um, stay stuck in something that you know a lot of people are stuck yeah absolutely yeah if you're miserable in what you're uh you know working in then like you said you could start off by baby steps right start off by uh, absolutely and a lot of people have you know have basically given me comments like I'm too old, I'm too old to do this, or I'm too old to do whatever, and, you know, mm. stuff like that. But, you know, if you're miserable with what you're doing, what are you doing about it? That's yeah. the only question I have. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Mokta? I love the analogy uh, of calling a salary a bribe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's smart. Yeah, it's a good analogy. <laughs> so, Sekou and I operate in, on the African market. <laughs> My my advice to people, I can obviously only operating on the African market. I can only give advice to people who are looking into entrepreneurship on the continent. Uh, people who are as who are capable, you need to find a way to get into entrepreneurship mm-hmm. at whatever level. Mm-hmm. If it's fifteen percent of your time, let it be. Mm-hmm. If it's giving up what you're doing to actually get into it, hundred percent or two hundred percent, let it be. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opportunity is there, and only people who are capable, who have the educational background and the guts to actually push through with entrepreneurship in Africa, can actually make it happen. Mm-hmm. And you will be surprised at the results. Yeah. And maybe we'll talk to Seku in about three years or four yeah. years or five years, if maybe, exactly. maybe even in a shorter time. We should be able to see his textiles on the market competing yeah. with the biggest brands exactly and Amen. if you talk to Seku, if you talk to Seku, <laughs> he'll probably walk you through the process that he had to undergo to be to make sure that he manufactures something that is a product that is attractive yeah that people will be able to leave Louis Vuitton to buy whatever the name of the brand he has is Seku. yeah Seku, right so mm-hmm. what I my advice in, in in short is people are if you're capable and many people are look into getting into entrepreneurship at whatever level it is. Yeah. For, for me, uh, I echo uh, um, what has been said. And I will, I will say there is no one way. Um, and uh, uh, the, the, the most important thing, and Jack Wells said that in his book, Straight, Straight from the Gut, is that, uh, and, and that's why it hit me when Sewit mentioned, your, your, your gut um, is a, a, a compass that you need to learn how to listen to, mm-hmm. um, and um, and and that is that is that is very important. I, I feel because it's where you find your purpose as well, uh, where you find your passion, and sometimes it it, it 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 talks to you in a way that uh, that it allows you to um, to basically find a solution um, um, where, where uh, the simple fact or the simple, um, um, the pragmatic uh, analytic won't, 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 won't help. And the reason why I'm telling you that is because if I look at my journey, most of the time I was told, don't do it. Mm-hmm. I was told not to do economics. I was told to do science. I was told not to do marketing mm-hmm. and to do information system or finance. I was, I was told, 
not to go to Nigeria when I was in New York. I, I was I was told that I was crazy to leave L'Oreal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, and actually, what I don't always say is after I left L'Oreal and I had the financial means to uh, do Segbi Bourgolon, um, I I um, had an offer from uh, Lagardère Group for West Africa CEO based in Senegal, and uh, and uh, I was even thought I was crazy for not. For not for not taking that job, mm -hmm. and so um, so the thing is that so far uh, my gains had been also in following my guts, and like uh, Suet mentioned, we only have one life, and yeah. um, um, I I I you know unfortunately lost lost a loved one, lost my mother when she was fifty three, and um, she she worked twenty seven years for the UN, and uh, and uh, she dedicated her life to her family and the work, but at the end of the day, you know you you have to live for you, um, mm -hmm. and and so and so from that standpoint, I try to live a life without regret. Yeah. Um, to what Mokhtar had had mentioned, um, there is you can start even when you're working um, in, in corporate, as long as I, I believe in ethics, of course, try to make sure that you always deliver for your employer, yeah. but it's okay to start uh, a, 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 your dream on the side, as long as you honor your commitment. And, um, and uh, Richard Bronson actually said some of the biggest company has been started as a side hustle. Yeah. Um, and so, and there is no way, uh, there is no one way. Ortega who created Zara, failed in his first companies and started succeeding when he was in his fifties. Mm -hmm. um, so, so there is just no one way. Um, yeah. That's the only thing I'll, I'll, um, I'll end up with. Perfect. Hey fam. So to conclude, I would like to say that starting a new business can be a daunting task and it's quite risky, but as they say, no risk, no gain to many of us, the biggest roadblock to becoming an entrepreneur is fear. And so I would like to leave you off with one of my favorite quotes by Nelson Mandela about fear. He says, our deepest fear is not that we are weak. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. 